Hi there. I'm your host, Trisha Shinko. I'm your Inner Buddha Reiki Master Teacher and Awakening Coach from innerbuddha.ca. And I'm here to help emotionally overloaded working moms find relief from anxiety and stress in their personal and professional lives, naturally. It's all about creating sustainable ways to improve your mental and emotional well-being from the inside out. Join me as I take you through my own personal journeys and others who have figured it out for themselves. I share secrets of how I was able to break free from the overwhelming mind chatter and constant worry through self-discovery, spirituality, and practicality. My mission is to help you break free from old patterns and cycles so you can stress less. You're listening to Inner Buddha's Zen Entrepreneur's Podcast with your host, Trisha Shinkle, and this is episode 12. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the one thing that simply is impossible to achieve, yet we never really give up on trying. What I'm talking about here is perfection. And really, what does it mean to be perfect anyway? And why do we work so hard to strive for it? I share with you my point of view about perfection and my own struggles in my life with achieving perfection. So let's get right to it. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, so I hope everyone's week is going well. Today's topic is perfection and perfection. Let's get right into it. This is a word that seems to be like almost a fleeting glimpse in our lives. We get to see maybe once in a blue moon, right? Well, like with perfection, it's, we're always trying to achieve it. We're always trying so hard to get to that perfect idea in our head, but we never quite do. And I'm going to tell you why. It's really because we fail to recognize that we're already perfect in our own unique ways. And we end up filling our schedules to the very limit, prioritizing things that don't even need to be prioritized until they, maybe even the next day or the next week. We push and push and push ourselves for perfection because deep down inside, we believe that if we appear perfect, then we'll appear to have it all together. And if we have it all together, then we'll look successful in other people's eyes. Right? So, what comes up with perfection, a lot of the shortcomings, is one thing is comparison. So, when we're comparing ourselves to those who we think have it all together, their so-called perfect lives, we're really bringing ourselves down and we're really impacting the fact that we're not perfect, right? We're almost saying, you know, we're not perfect because these people are. And it, the fact is, is that this, you're never going to be like this person or these people that you're looking up to because you're you and nobody can be you like you can, right? Just like they, no one can be them like they can. It's just the same. And really, I, these so-called perfect people are human too, right? They don't actually have it all together as much as they portray anyway. They 
you know, they just don't tell you that or they don't show you that side of them, right? So the part where they're imperfect too, like they have those shitty days, they make mistakes, they fail, look stupid, put their foot in the mouth, <laughs> and all these things. People do this all the time. They just don't tell you about it because they want to hide it, right? They want to appear perfect so then they appear successful, right? But it happens to all of us and nobody's immune. So just know that. And the reason for this is because we're just human. That's that simple. Human beings. We're not meant to be perfect. We're meant to be real. So with comparison, of course, obviously, it just makes you feel worse about the situation. And the truth is, when you're comparing yourself to anybody, the only person you should ever compare yourself to is who you were yesterday. That's it. That's the only fair comparison. And then another thing that comes and impedes our lives with this imperfection movement is judgment. What we don't realize is when we're judging others, it's actually what we recognize in others that we're judging is actually what we're projecting about ourselves. So the judgments that we see in other people that we're finding faults in, these are faults that we have in our own lives. These are our own insecurities that we notice in other people. So we feel superior because we see it in other people and we can point them out. But what we don't really know or what we don't really realize is that the world is a mirror to you. It's crazy. It's the same thing on the other side of the spectrum. When you admire something about somebody and you're like, oh, I wish they, I wish I could do something like that. Like they are so brave. That's so amazing. Well, guess what? You're admiring that. You're noticing that about them because you too can do that same thing. You're just some, you're just blocked by fear. That's it. <laughs> and the sooner you can recognize this, the sooner it, you can let all those judgments go. And when you f walk into a room and you feel like you're being judged because of what you're wearing or how you look, nobody, everybody's thinking of themselves, right? Nobody's actually thinking of you. They're thinking of themselves. And we always think that everyone's talking about us or, you know, saying things like that, judging, but it's really in our own mind that we judge ourselves so harshly all the time. And I need you to realize that because the sooner you can just be aware and just know that this is happening, the sooner you can ha have it all stop. It's that simple. So remember that the world is a mirror for your life. What you notice in others tells you a lot more about what, what you're doing on the inside than what who they are. That's the thing. And with perfection, perfection is just a mask. That's all it is. It's just a word that somebody came up with and assigned a meaning to. But perfection is just a mask that you can see clearly through. So why do we strive for perfection anyway? When it's completely impossible to be perfect. And my question is, what does perfection even mean? You know, like, obviously, perfection is subjective. And it can mean different things to different people, right? Everyone has their own definition. But here's mine. So my definition is, we are all imperfect beings trying so hard to obtain perfection. When in reality, 
It is our imperfections that make us perfect in our own unique way. So therefore, we're already perfect. There's nothing that you need to change, delete, or add to make us any better. That's it. So, and so in order to strive for perfection, really, in the end, you're just trying to strive for the most authentic version of yourself, right? There's, that, that's the thing. There's also another thing, like people-pleasing, right? When we're people-pleasing, we're not being authentic. We're just trying to please other people. We put on that mask and we end up doing things that we don't even like to do. We don't even, you know, we're just trying to make other people happy when in the end, everyone loses because you're not happy doing whatever you're doing with that person and that person can see right through the mask. It feels inauthentic. It feels weird. It feels off, right? So people pleasing is another thing that you need to be really aware of because that of course comes along with trying to be perfect. And deep down inside, you know, when you're trying to people please, it's really because you feel that you're not good enough or strong enough or worthy enough or deserving enough, right? That's where that people pleasing comes from. You just want to feel accepted. You want to feel good about yourself. But, you know, it's it's so hard because it's maybe something that you've kind of done for your whole life and you just need to recognize what a what you're doing and realize that it doesn't have to be that way. You can be your authentic self. Perfection is not something you need to strive for. It's something that you have already. And that's the biggest thing. And as a working mom, I know full hand, firsthand and how hard you can fall into this perfection trap, right? Like deep down inside, you second guess yourself and you doubt yourself on every move as a mom. And especially if you're running a business too, you have so much going on. And I have to tell you a little secret. Your kids don't want a perfect mom. They want their real mom. Just as your audience doesn't want a fake you, they want the real you. They want the real you that, you know, the kids, the the same as the kids want, right? Your kids want to have that real mom who's going to make mistakes, who's going to cry at sad things, who's going to be emotional, who's going to be human, who's going to stand up and teach them things and be there for them and show them that you can learn from mistakes when they happen and be okay with it, right? And they need a mom who's going to be there for them when they make those mistakes and let them make those mistakes and show them that it's okay because that's how they learn, right? They can fall, they can fail miserably, and you're always going to be there. That's the mom that they want. And they don't want a mom going to be distracted by all the negative stories that she's telling herself, right? That why she's not good enough or is she doing the right thing? That's the biggest thing is right things. (laughs) I used to try to do the right thing all the time and they screwed up every single time. Why? Because... That's what I thought I was supposed to do, right? And that's the thing. You do what you think you're supposed to do instead of what you feel is right. And that's where you're missing the mark. So in reality, there's really no such thing as the right thing. The only right thing is showing up and being there for them and showing them love. Being there to encourage them. 
to show them that they, just being yourself, fulfilling your own dreams is, is really what life's all about, right? And just being that example for them. And honestly, it isn't until you finally give up the facade of trying to be perfect is when it all kind of just falls into place. That's the thing. It's funny because you try so hard to obtain this level of perfection that you have in your mind and yet you you don't and then all of a sudden when you're not trying and you're just doing things because you're having fun and things are just working out it ends up to be the perfect day right so you don't have to try you don't have to push it you know it's so important when you're trying to be a leading example for your kids because they are paying more attention than what we really even know. They know things, they see things about you and how you deal with things. And that's how they're going to be when they grow up because they're learning. They're soaking up their sponges, right? And we all know this. But are you present to it? That's the question. So, really, in retrospect, this episode is really a big reminder to stop trying to juggle all the things on your own. Um, you know, it does take a village to help raise children, right? And if you don't have someone there, like a spouse, to help you take the kids to, say, like practices and lessons and clean up the house and get ready and, you know, get to get the kids on to bed on time, you still, and still, you still have to do things for you too, right? So maybe you need to relook at reorganizing your schedule to suit your needs, and the family's needs. Because a lot of the times what we'll do is we'll jam-pack not only our schedules, but we're going to jam-pack our kids' schedules with practices, lessons, because we think that's what they are supposed to do, right? That's how you raise a good kid. They have to be a part of community involvement, right? They have to be going to soccer practice, hockey practice, baseball, whatever it is, piano lessons. And, <laughs> and the thing is, is that those things are well and good, but when you, you know, get too much of that, then it kind of topples the scale, right? And then you don't have any time left for you, and then you are completely drained and <laughs> completely depleted, and I know because I've done this. So one thing I wanted to mention is that your kids themselves, when we're doing all these things, we're taking them to all these lessons and, you know, getting them involved in all this stuff. Did you ever stop to think, you know, do your kids even enjoy going from practice to practice, being rushed around in the evenings and then coming home for about 10, 20 minutes to maybe play if that, and then they're sent off to bed and to do it all again tomorrow. That's the thing. We don't ever really consider what they have for opinions or their desires a lot of the times we just make decisions for them, right? And I find with my son, <laughs> I really needed to take a step back and do this. And, you know, instead of making decisions for them, we, because again, we believe that they should be doing these things, but is that what they want? So with my son, I'm going to tell you a little story. So when my son was three, he's eight now, but when he was three, we put him into soccer. We, you know, at first it was really exciting. It was new. He got to meet new friends. They had lots of fun on the field. 
And then a few weeks later into the actual season, he started to not enjoy it so much. And we could tell, I could see it, but I was like, no, you know what? This is good for him getting out, you know, and meeting new kids. And he wasn't in school yet. He wasn't in preschool. So, you know, I wanted him to meet new friends, but he didn't really like getting pushed to race after the ball and shoot and score. And, you know, he just wanted to play imaginary games with his new friends that he made on the team. And a lot of the other kids did too. And that's the thing. There was this one kid on his team and right from the beginning of every practice and every game, this kid would cry before he went out on the field every day. His parents would just push him out and say, no, 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 you got to go. You got to do this. And I was like, oh, I could never do that to my kid. Right. And then eventually that became my son one morning or one evening he actually pushed back before we went to soccer and he said he even started to cry before we left the house and he's like I don't want to go I don't want to do this and you know at that moment I knew I wasn't going to be that mom to push him because I seen what that little boy was going through every time and I felt so bad for him and so I knew this wasn't for my son I didn't need to push him. He only had a a week or two left. And I said, you know what? That's fine. And we stayed home. And what he did was he went in his little push car and he just played imaginary games. And he had such a good time outside still. He was still outside doing everything that he wanted to do. And then a few years later, he started showing a real interest in the piano. So for Christmas that year, I bought him a keyboard and he took to it right away. It turns out that he actually has a hidden talent for music and picking up on music and um, piano really was it for him. So we actually let him choose this time if he wanted to go for lessons and he jumped on it right away and it's been over two years now. So he... He's been practicing the piano and growing his talents even further. And it's all because I listened to him and I asked him what his opinion was, what he wanted to do. So instead of forcing him to go into another sport, which we thought we were going to do, he ended up excelling at this beautiful, beautiful thing. And for ever since he started um, piano practice, and it's only once a week on a Saturday, when it was convenient for us that's the thing we made his schedule work for us as a family and that's the biggest thing right it fits in so anyway since he started piano he has been asking for an upright real piano with strings and everything every single day for the past two years without skipping a beat every day right so finally actually two weeks ago i found one online hired some movers, and then we surprised him on a Friday after school. It was his early birthday present. And needless to say, he was over the moon. He, that's the thing. He was, he is so passionate about playing piano, about, you know, music itself, that he, this is something that he's wanted and dreamt of, and his dreams finally came true. And that meant so much to see the excitement in his face and it just threw his whole entire body. Like it was a, it was a very amazing 
day for us. <laughs> I can tell you that. So needless to say, he hasn't stopped playing this piano since. And to be honest, it sounds really amazing in the house. And it really reminds me of my childhood because uh, my childhood home, my grandma used to play the piano and my brother used to play all the time too. So it was always music wafting through the house, right? So what I've learned from that is allowing him to make his own decisions really paid off. So he feels empowered by making his own decisions. And he's also doing something he really, truly enjoys. And it brings love and light to everyone around him. And that's exactly what being a kid is all about, right? So what I've learned is really, I need to, we all need to just take a step back and just allow our kids, our tiny little humans, right, to make choices for themselves. They are little adults, really. And they, the more small decisions that they can make, the better. Because I can tell you firsthand that, you know, if you're not able to make those decisions, it makes it harder when you're an adult. And I'll tell you why. Because when when I was a kid, I was a baby of five kids, right? And by the time I came, my parents had a regimen. <laughs> they did, you know, I was told what to do, when to do, when, and, you know, when to do it and how to do it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I did, I was able to be a kid too. I got out, I went on messy adventures and go biking and, you know, I got to play. But when it came to making big decisions, I didn't have to do that. So then when I grew up, I realized that making decisions really was something hard for me to do because I never really had to do it before. So I would ask other people and say, okay, well, what should I do, right? I couldn't make decisions on my own, so I was asking other people to make them for me. And that just ended up <laughs> making me feel unfulfilled and unhappy all the time. Any decisions that I'd follow that somebody else made for me, because they have good intentions, let's not kid ourselves, but it's not what I really truly wanted to do. But I couldn't ever get in touch with that because I never had to make a decision for myself before. So I'd always be so indecisive on having to make decisions when I was like 19 to 20, really 25, that I would put things off until it was too late and then to make that decision. And then I would lose out on an opportunity. And I did that a, a few times. And it's just, that's not what I wanted for my son, right? So I'm practicing now learning that I can empower him now to prepare him for that time where he has to make his own decisions when he's an adult, you know? So really being a perfect mom isn't um, all about, it, it. sorry, it is really about allowing them, your children, to go out there and try different things, mess up, and be okay with it. And, you know, that's just it. We have to allow them to make those decisions for themselves. And you know, obviously you want to do it when it's appropriate. And that's the thing you can just, and then you end up watching them grow into amazing, loving, incredible young adults. And that's what this is all about, right? So, I mean, we can't force them to do what we think that they should do. We actually need to allow them to choose. And that's what being a parent is all about. So 
I really just want you to know just to be gentle on yourself and don't beat yourself up if your kids don't want to do all the things that the other kids are doing around them, right? You don't need them to be like those kids anyway. Those kids are who they are and your kids are who they are going to be, right? Nothing less. So the lesson in all of this really is simply try not to be perfect. Just don't try. Perfection doesn't need to be pushed or forced. It actually com comes naturally and in its own time. Perfection comes from allowing things and not manipulating things in any way. Just as a flower blooms on its own, so do our children. And that, my friends, are, is such a beautiful thing to watch. So I just want to say thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for being present and listening to my stories. I want everyone to have a great week. And again, keep in mind this podcast is a, a reminder to just love more and stress less. Much love. If you have found value in the information that I've shared today, please feel free to share this episode with others that you feel that would benefit from it. Also, I would love to hear from you. So please leave your reviews with your comments below. If you have a topic that you would like to hear more about in the show, please share your ideas by going to www.innerbuddha.ca and clicking on the podcast link at the top of the page. There you can email me any suggestions or questions that you may have.